good morning and welcome to part four of our journey through Peter that we are calling Dawn is Coming. We have been talking about in these first, first half of this book uh, so far that this home is not our home, that we are looking forward to something ahead. And Peter has been up until this point reminding us to live as foreigners here on this earth. And he reminds us of this amazing privilege we have as believers in Jesus Christ of the gift that we have been given. And he tells us that, that the prophets had like longed to see this. They prophesied about this, the, the, that, that the time had come up unto having this, this thing of Jesus living within us. And he says that even the angels are looking in anticipation of what is to come. And so up until this point, Peter's been saying, hey, this is who you are. This is what God has done for you on your behalf. This home is not your home. You are citizens of heaven. Heaven. You live for a different kingdom, a different place. And so now with all of that in mind, he says now the way that you, he's going to turn it and say the way that you live, the way that you live on this earth is affected by all those truths that we heard. So he went from like laying that foundation to like, here's the action plan. Here's how to shine the light of Jesus brightly while our feet are on this earth with our hearts set towards heaven and how we interact and how we treat others. And he says, you know, you're doing this for heaven's sake, for God's sake, right? And that's the title of today's message, for God's sake. Hey, maybe you're like me and during this season of quarantine, this season of COVID-19, you have spent a, an extra amount of time with your close loved ones, your family, in close proximity. And, and maybe you have found yourself saying th some things that come out of your mouth that you maybe thought you would never say, like uh, things you heard your parents say and whatever those, those phrases might be, but maybe you're one that says like, for God's sake, like for God's sake, turn that music down. For heaven's sake, quit hitting your brother, right? And, and you know, and, and it's like, you're like, hey, on, on behalf of heaven and behalf of God, like, stop doing that. And, or if you don't use those ones, you say, you don't say for God's sake or for heaven's sake, you say, for Pete's sake, for Pete's sake, turn that TV off, right? And, and but what is Pete? Well, that is uh, Peter. That's, that's from Peter, who we're, who we're studying right now, the Apostle Peter, who wrote this wonderful book we're studying. And because we all know that the Apostle Peter is waiting at the pearly gates of heaven with his clipboard, checking whether you get in or not, right? So whatever the, whatever the background of these, for heaven's sake, for God's sake, for Pete's sake, uh, what we're going to see here today as we go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, is that Peter is saying, don't do this for my sake name, for Peter's sake name. Don't do it for your sake, for your name, for your reputation. He says, but for God's sake, for God's sake. So turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13. It says, submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as a supreme authority or to governors who are seated by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom to cover up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. Slaves, submit yourself to your master with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain and unjust suffering because of his conscience of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and you endure it? 
But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable for before God. So Peter is talking about how we're to live here on this earth as foreigners in this area of authority. Uh, he's going to speak to our authority issues, right? Because we have some authority issues. Or, or, may, or maybe, maybe you don't have a problem with authority uh, because you just like to be an authority, right? We don't, we don't have a problem with authority as long as we're the one that's leading. We're the one in charge. You go into numerous bookstores and what do you see? You see shelves full of books of how to be a leader and how to take the charge and how to lead a team. But how many books have you read? How many books are written about following? How many books are written about how to fall under authority and to follow someone else's leading? That's a whole different thing, right? Because listen, all of us have these things inside of us that we, we want to lead. We want to be the, the one in charge. And, and if it's happened to you or not, it, the day will come that you will be under the leadership or under the authority of someone that you go, how in the world did they become a leader. I mean, how in the world? They can't lead their way out of a paper bag. They, 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 they are so uh, un, unaware of themselves. They don't know what's going on around them. They have terrible personal interactions with other people. You don't agree with any decisions that they're saying, but you still have to follow their lead. What do you do in those situations? So how do we follow someone else's authority as foreigners? How do we do this? How do we respond uh, uh, from what God's word says in our response to authority? And listen, I know that this has so many layers to it. And, and even at this time right now in our world, in our current circumstance, man, it can be a problem for us today. Because listen, we have never had more information and yet at the same time, less truth. In many ways, uh, we, we, have, we have so much access to unverified information and it leaves us, unfortunately, a lot of times wondering what is the truth. It leads to division. It leads to confusion. But listen, listen, the, the, the Bible, we, we shouldn't be thrown off by this. And, and, and even the, the deception that is happening because the Bible tells us that in the end days, there will be great deception. There will be great deception. And so, but guess what? God has also given us, he's left us the Holy Spirit. And one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of discernment, to know the, what is right, to, to discern the truth. And so we gotta do the work, we gotta pray, we gotta ask for the Holy Spirit to come in and help with that. And see, listen, even when we don't agree with the leaders before us, even if when we don't agree with the circumstance before us, Peter is saying here, the posture that God is calling us to is the posture that we're to assume is that of submission. That when you are under someone's leadership in any way, if someone is in charge of you, what does it say again? It says, the very first verse says, submit yourself for the Lord's sake, not for Damien's sake, not for my family's namesake, but for the Lord's sake to every human authority. You're to submit yourself for that namesake. So in this word here, submit, the Greek word is hupotosa. Come on, on a Sunday morning, you know you wanna say that word, just roll off your lips, say it with me. Hupotosa. Hupotosa. <laughs> And hupotosa means to arrange yourself under. It's, it's a military term that is, is used uh, to have a commanding leader above you. It's, uh, listen, you, you look at the military rank and structure that it has and people are placed over soldiers and there's different order and different ranking that someone has to 
give the orders and someone needs to receive the orders. And you see it also in this way that they honor and respect when someone that outranks them comes into their presence, they stand up to attention, they salute them as an honor of the position, maybe not so always the person, but like they honor that. And, and with because of this rank, because of this, this submission, this hupatosa, is that they're able to be a force and be a military that defends our nation. And so, as you can see, like, this is what Peter's saying, is that whatever situation you are in life, that all of us have some kind of person in authority that we're to submit to. If you are a student and your parent has become your teacher during this time, you are to submit, first off, to your parent, and now you got to submit to them as the teacher, right? If you, if you are, you, you are, you have a job and so you have a boss that you have to submit to the authority of your boss. If you, if you live in a city, you have a mayor of the town. If you live in a state, you have a governor. If you, you there's, there's people that have put signs up along the highway telling you how fast you can go. And there's police officers to enforce those laws. And you have to submit to the authority that they have. And so wherever you go, whatever level, however big, however small that might be. And I think sometimes it really challenges us when it's a small, smaller the authority, the, the, the more it honors God by us submitting to it. Even though it seems like those with the smallest level of authority seem to wield it most carefully, to use it to most strategically, and to annoy me the most effectively, right? And they, they use it in this way that, that, is, <clears throat> that is this power struggle, this power thing. Even during this, this time away, we're, we're staying in my mom's condo and with all rules and regulation, I, I had a friend come over to come visit us. And uh, I said, I'll meet you at the parking deck and get you in the parking deck. Now, now this condominium is, is pretty much empty. It's a five-story parking deck with about 20 cars in it right now. And so I go to let him in and this security guard from the condo comes running across the street with all the passion of Paul Blart from Mall Cop ready to throw down and is like, what do you think you're doing? What are you doing? Why are you letting him in here? Who is this guy? Why is he here? And we're just like, whoa, hey, just, just have a friend coming in here and, and looking to park because he's going to come visit us. Oh, no. And, and she didn't, she didn't, so I was like, hold on, just, just hold on. Like, hold on there. Your utility belt might be a little too tight on you there, right? And so like, but she didn't submit, like say like, hey, no, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's my boss's thing that we can't have other people parking in the deck. It's not the the, the condominium policy, she straight up said, by order of the governor, you cannot park here. It's like, wow, okay, like maybe a little bit of an, of an overreach there. But um, anyway, you know, grudgingly, we submitted to not letting him park there, uh, even though we felt it was an overreach. But listen, that whole thing of like, you have to submit, you have to submit in these areas. And see what Paul's saying, whatever situation you're in, whatever authority that someone has over you, you have to choose to stand down. To You have to choose in that moment to submit yourself. To You've got to tell yourself, like, like listen, I've got to listen. I've got to, to listen to what they're saying because the alternate option is sometimes you are forced to be submitted by someone else. And so he's saying, hey, whatever the rule, whatever it is, like whatever is going on, like, hey, you got to wear a mask. Like, hey, I never wore a mask before. I don't want to wear a mask. The mask is uncomfortable. But if like you're told by an authority to wear the mask and you, you think you know better and we've watched a documentary on why the mask doesn't help, listen, we still have to submit to the authority over us in these areas. And I know this is tough. Listen, this message has convicted me this week in so many ways of this area of submission. But what Paul is saying here, 
It's not always an issue about who is right and who is wrong because you can be right and still be wrong in your action, in your response, by your posture of failure to submit. And he says, he says this in verse 20, he says, but how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing something wrong and you endured it? Like, like what good is it if you did wrong and you take your punishment and, and you got the ticket or you, you survived it? What, what good is that? But he says, like, write this, he's like, it doesn't, when, it, when it's something you didn't do, and you took the punishment. It was something that you did the right thing and still had the punishment. You didn't cut up in class, but you still got a detention. You did turn in the paper, but they said you didn't. You did get passed up by the promotion in your work because someone related to the boss came along, right? Like even when it's unfair and unjust and cruel person comes along and someone that, that, that just is vindictive towards you, that's when our real character is shown. And that's where our real citizenship of what what kingdom do we belong to? What citizenship do we belong to? And Peter says this, when all of our government leadership, and all of this, that we are to submit to those, he says the king, the emperor, in another version, to the governor. Listen, and like we're going, but like Peter doesn't know what we are facing right now. So let's step back and remember who is in charge, who is the emperor during the time that Peter wrote this letter. In fact, it is the emperor Nero. And so Nero. Nero at this time, I mean, he's saying honor Nero, like honor him. He is like, I mean, Nero is one of the worst human beings to ever live. I mean, at this time, he is taking random Christians, having them dipped in tar and lit on fire so he can watch his chariot fires, chariot races at night. I mean, like, listen, it's under this leadership, under this political landscape that Paul, Peter is writing to Christians and then they're saying like, hey, Peter, what do we do with this? This is like unfair. This is unjust. What's happening? Are we going to Boston Tea Party this? Are we going to like kill the beast? Let's, let's go to the castle and take this guy down. Is that what we're going to do? And he says, no, it's like, no, this guy is a psychopath. What do we do? And he says, honor the king. And he says he wouldn't be in charge if God didn't allow him to be there. So we have to honor him. And our desire is, is to, to, to take control and to, to overreach and to, to put ourselves in a place of authority instead of praying for those in authority, instead of having a, 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 an intercessory heart for those in authority, instead of having a posture of submission at every level, arranging yourself under this. And this goes back to this theological understanding, this theological basis of this thing of for the Lord's sake. We're doing this again, not for our sake, not for even our nation's sake, but we're doing it for the Lord's sake. And this is what it's, it's saying is that this, this idea, this theological idea that God has authority over all. And so if God is authority over all, he's the one that puts people in authority. He's the one that has placed them there. Whether we understand it or not, God is good at ruling the universe better than we are. He has placed people there for times of blessing and he has placed people there for times of judgment. And we have to realize that. And he, Paul is sent, Peter is saying the same thing that Paul says. In Romans, he said, Paul says this, Romans 13, 1 says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. God is not thrown off. God is, God, God is in charge, no matter who's in the office, all right? 1 Timothy 2.2, 2, I urge then, first of all, that petitions and prayer, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people. All people, and who's the list? For kings 
and for all in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in the goodness and holiness. Titus 1.3 Remind the believers to be subject to the rulers and the authorities and to be obedient and ready for every good work. But, 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 but you don't know my boss. All authority is from God. But you don't know what the governor is doing. All authority is from God. The authority exists because God has appointed them there. That is that obedience to that because God has put it there. So it's for the Lord's sake that we, by submitting unto them, we are actually in a, in, in a way of submitting to God. So when we hear this, we go automatically, our minds go to, but what about in extreme situations when we cannot follow follow the, lo- the local government, the, the state government, the national government? What about issues like, like the Holocaust and, and Hitler is sending thousands of Jews to the death chamber? Like, do we gotta, like, are we not supposed to hide these Jews in our closet and Cory Tin Boone this thing and save people? Yes, clearly, of course we are. What about during days of slavery? Are we supposed to help set them free? Absolutely, when it is contradictory to what the word of God says, when it is a sin, when it is harming other people, when you yourself are being harmed, when it is when it is straight up evil that is being done, when it is stopping us from preaching the word of God, clearly we are to do that. But too often we go to the extreme posture, when in this extreme situation where we have an exempt from having to submit and we want to apply that to our everyday life. We want to say, okay, well, what about, what about tomorrow? What about dishonoring? those in leadership and those in authority. Like, what about, like, you know, when we say, we, we, we feel like we can dishonor the president just because we didn't vote for them, or we can disobey the governor and talk about him just because he doesn't have the same ideas and ideology as I do. Listen, this is tough stuff, but guys, as Christians, as believers, we need to stop saying, no, not my president, no, not my governor. No more of those hashtags. Listen, he is, because God's word says that he was placed there by God's authority. I know this is hard to hear. This is convicting to hear, but God has placed them there for a purpose and a reason. And we are told to pray for them. So listen, again, when we are told to do things that are explicitly wrong, explicitly against what God's word says, we can still, we can still follow God's word, follow what God says, while also being loving and caring and real and representations of a different citizenship. We think and look back at the examples of the book of Daniel, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Like they were, they were, they were told to bow down before this gold statue. And they were there and they were high-ranking government uh, employees of Babylon, Babylonian Empire. And they're like, hey, listen, we, we just, we can't do that. Sorry, King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, we have, we've done well here. You know our reputation. We've been promoted like 10 times. We're doing really well here. But listen, this comes to point, the push come to shove that at the end, there's only one king that's over it all and it's not you and it's not that gold statue. So honorably and kindly and nicely, we're going to say that we can't do that and it might cost our jobs and it might even cost our lives, but we're willing to do that because there is no other God. And so they did it respectfully and honorably. We look at Peter himself in the book of Acts. 
Picking up in chapter 5, verse 17, we read about that Peter is out preaching the gospel, preaching that Jesus has been raised from the dead, the one that the Jewish leaders put to death on a cross. And they get frustrated, they get upset, they have him arrested, and then the angel comes and, and just lets him out of jail. And what do they do? They, even though they've been beaten and flogged and all this stuff, they go back and they start preaching Jesus again. And they tell them this in verse 29 of chapter 5, it says, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. This is the same Peter that's writing this letter that we are to submit to those in authority. So is he contradicting himself? Is he saying something different? No, he's saying when it comes to God's word, his rule, his reign is superior over that. God is not in competition over the, the, this nation of America. He's not in competition over kingdoms of this world. He is over the kingdoms of this world. He is over these situations. And so that if God is over it, we honor God by honoring the authorities that are in, in place. Now, is there a time? as U.S. citizens, Americans, to stand up and citizens and say, hey, we have a right to assemble. Hey, we don't, we don't like these things. We, we've been given the, the free rights and we're able to, to, to fight for our constitutional freedoms. Absolutely. But I'm encouraging you, if that is your call and you're able to do that, do it lovingly. Do it respectfully. Paul tells us in his epistles that, like, listen, if you don't, you, if you don't have love, you sound like a clanging cymbal. You're just making a bunch of noise and nobody's even hearing what you're saying if it's not with love. And Christians have the best advantage to be able to share this love at this time. Listen, listen, is there a time for us to fight for our, our right to assemble? Yeah, that, that might be coming. We don't know what the future has. But listen, is that right now? Listen. We're not being treated. Little League's not meeting right now. Movie theaters aren't open. And so the church isn't open. Listen, we're not, we're not going to make this a religious freedoms things when it's not that. Let's, make it, let's be sure that we're not being deceived by what is going on. If that day comes, we're ready to stand up on what the Word of God says. Just like the missionaries that we support around the world in Islamic and communistic nations, that they're unable to, to gather together and worship and pray and read God's Word and have a, have a written Bible in their hands. Listen, we still support that. They still are doing that work because God is superior over those rules. And as Americans, we have been given a great freedom, great privilege of following uh, because of the, the, the men and women that went before us, our founding fathers, those that have fought in the military to protect our freedoms. And we are so grateful that we have the ability of these freedoms. But listen, we need to be careful that we don't, uh, we don't, we don't allow our freedoms to mislead us, to misguide us. That we, we, we can get that confused sometimes and we, we can start like wanting to just rebel for rebellion's sake. And, and, and even in this time, it can feel kind of confusion. And it's like, is it time for the rebellion to rise up against the empire? Like, do we need to get Han and Luke and Leia and like, let's go, let's go fight the empire? Like, right? Like, what, what is going on? Listen, there's an opportunity for you to share your, your citizenship in America and to share your views and share your place and share your point of view and share your freedom of speech. Absolutely. But as you voice your voice as a U.S. citizen, do not forget that your first and foremost citizenship is in heaven and that you are actually a foreigner here. And be careful that you do not sound like a clanging symbol. 
Because listen, freedom is a wonderful thing. But freedom, what do we want freedom for and what do we want freedom from? Because like, listen, this, this, if there's an underroot thing of rebellion against authority, that leads to an opposite of freedom. And we can get in our heads that rules and regulations are just bad and wrong. But listen, if it's rebelling against God's authority, about what God has put in place, we're getting the opposite of what we want. First Peter, picking up in verse 16 and 17 says, Live as free people. Do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. So listen, we, we, we are to use our freedoms for the right purposes, that we're not a cover-up. Listen, from the very beginning, what happens in the Garden of Eden is that they are tricked and they're fooled into like, hey, if you eat this, you'll be free. And so they, they eat the fruit to be free and be like God. But in the end, their eyes are opened and they're, they have no more access to the Garden of Eden. They're kicked out. And, and this, this, this leads to rebellion. And what about the prodigal son? The prodigal son in the New Testament, like he's, he's in his father's house. He's under his father's rule. He's under his father's protection. But he's like, no, I, I don't want this. I want to have my own way. I want to have my own rules. I want to set the tone. I want to set my own curfew. I want it to be completely free. And he ends up by, by walking away from the authority of his father, he ends up losing all of his freedom. No money, no power, indebted to others and eating food with pigs. What did he long for? What did he desire? He desired to be back in his father's house, back under his father's rule. And he realized that that's where the true freedom is. There's freedom found under the authority of God. Max freedom is always found under the freedom of God. It's under the submission that we find freedom. It's, it's, it's like, we're not that we're not free. We actually, when we come under that, we find this new grace because God says he gives grace to the humble. He says, humble yourself before God and realize that in God, it's an upside down kingdom. Is that when we think that what we lose or when we submit that we're losing, no, actually we're gaining. It's like, uh, again, my kids have been wrestling and playing and they play uncle, right? And to uncle, when you're wrestling, you want to you you put them in a position that they submit and they say uncle and you let them go. But listen, in the kingdom of God, to say uncle, to submit, to say, hey, you win, is not, is not a weakness. It's actually a sign of strength. Going back to verse 15, he says, By doing good, you silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. There are people that are going to be possibly in authority in your life that God has placed there to, to help form you and help shape you and help, and, and, and help make you who you are called to be, that you have to submit and your character is formed and shaped and it's going to be hard to deal with them. It's going to be challenging, but you get to lean into the strength of God and that he's put them there as authority figures that you need because that friction is going to sharpen you. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to, it's going to build endurance, right? And we need to keep on trusting that God is really good at running the universe, that he has a wonderful plan in place And he not only has a wonderful plan in place, he has put a wonderful pattern in place for us to follow. Because like we go, okay, what does this look like? How do we do this? This sounds so hard, Damien. This sounds like almost impossible. Well, Peter wraps it up right here in verse 21. And he says, you have a pattern to follow. His pattern is Jesus. Jesus is the one who showed showed us what it looks like. Starting in verse 21, it says this, To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. We're to follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. 
When they hurled insults at him, he did not relent. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, what did he do? What did he do? Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Wow, guys, man, can we, can we trust our lives into the hands of the one who judges justly? He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray. But now you have returned, listen to this, you have returned to the shepherd, the overseer of your soul. How many are thankful that you have a good shepherd, that you have a Jesus in your life who is the guardian, who is the overseer of your soul. He watches over your very soul. And he has called us as Christians to follow his example. To, and even in the act of suffering, that, that you leave an example for others to follow. That Jesus, in fact, says that he gave us a step-by-step -step thing to follow here. That he lived a perfect life. And even on the scene of his death, he did not speak and try to defend himself in a trial and say what he had done right or done wrong. He didn't try to set the record straight. He just took it. He accepted what God had put over him because he realized there was something bigger. He realized that he was concerned, what? Not for Jesus' sake in that moment. He was concerned for heaven's sake. He was concerned for the sake of God's name and making a way for you and I to have this way of new life that Peter has been laying the thing, this great gift that we have. So you and I, we have a duty as citizens of this world. But don't forget, as even as that we step into our American citizenship and voicing ourselves, never ever forget that this is a temporary citizenship. This is temporary and you belong to a kingdom of God that is much greater. That is where your true citizenship is. Your citizenship is in heaven and this kingdom God's kingdom is not in competition with this one. He is not fearful. He's not worried. And he is not afraid of nations and leadership because he is over it all. So as we submit, as we trust God in all areas of this life, we submit to those that he has placed in authority humbly, respectfully, out of love, even when we voice our different opinions in a nation that we have that we're able to do that. First and foremost, we need to pray for those in authority. Jesus says to, to pray for your enemies. And sometimes we can feel like those in leadership are our enemies. But listen, we are to pray for them. So let's pray for us right now before we dismiss. Lord Jesus, you know the times that we are living in right now. You know the challenges that we are facing as a nation and the confusion and the massive amount of information and the, the minimal amount of truth that we have, God. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just continue to lead your church, guide your church, give us the direction that we are to go, Lord. Give us wisdom. Give us more of your Holy Spirit for discernment. And above all else, Lord, like the Apostle Paul prayed, Lord, let us have love because, Lord, if we do not have love, we have nothing to give. So, Lord, even as we walk through these unknown times and complex times and times when the, when the enemy just loves to divide, Lord, that we would be bound together by love, unity of heart, walking together, believing and knowing that we are part 
of a different citizenship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.